This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Merriam-Webster defines the word irony as incongruity between the actual result of a sequence of events and the normal or expected result. In a book loaded with irony from front to back, the thrilling conclusion in the book of Esther ends, ironically, with rejoicing. While the brooding action and the injustice of this book would lead us to believe that tragedy was in store for God's people, it was instead the exact opposite. The book began with a drunken party that seemed to spell the destruction of God's people throughout the entire course of the book, and yet it ends with a celebration of triumph of God's people under a turn of events that only God could orchestrate. Esther chapter 9 verse 28 reads, These days are remembered and celebrated by every generation, family, province, and city so that these days of Purim would not lose their significance in Jewish life and their memory will not fade from their descendants. The events of Esther 8, 9, and 10 record for us the fallout of Esther 5, 6, 7, and 8. After the plot of Haman was exposed and his subsequent execution, the matter of the law that advocated the genocide of the Jews remained. Remember, that was the backstory that was included in the death of Mordecai, or at least the plan of Mordecai to die by the evil Haman. But now Haman himself had died, but the law to kill the Jews still remained. The king could not repeal that law because it had already been signed and was said to be irrevocable. So Esther requests the next best thing the ability for the Jews to rightfully defend themselves and to destroy any enemy that might come against them. The king essentially gives Esther carte blanche access to the law and the signet ring that would have sealed the law, allowing her to write anything she pleases into that law with his blessing. Esther writes into the law that they could defend themselves in every city and province in the region against their enemy without punitive damage or fear of retribution. So when the day came, 500 men were killed in Susa alone. Apparently they didn't get all of their enemies because Esther requested that the king give them another day for their retribution, to which the king obliges and 300 more men are executed. By the time all the bodies are piled up, 75,000 men who hated the Jews were destroyed. Now this miraculous turn of events happened on the very day that Haman would have had them all executed, had God not already set their deliverance into motion. Jehovah did this by exalting Queen Esther, allowing Mordecai to overhear a plot to kill the king and thereby ingratiating the king to Mordecai. Their deliverance was set into motion before their destruction was. God already had a queen in mind before the destruction that Haman sought to deliver would occur. 
God had already given Mordecai the ability to overhear the plot against the king before Haman ever realized that Mordecai wasn't bowing to him. You see, their deliverance was set into motion before their destruction was. The hand of God had trumped the schemes of men, and their miraculous deliverance came on the exact day that they should have been destroyed. The application for us is to do precisely what the Jews did in this moment, to remember, to celebrate, and to rejoice. These Jews inaugurated an annual festival to keep before them for a memorial what God had done in the lives of the Jews of Susa under Mordecai and Esther's leadership. They celebrated and remembered God's faithfulness to them, even in a foreign land, even after their sin had banished them from their homeland, even though they experienced judgment, they were not forgotten because God miraculously provided for them in Persia and in Jerusalem. Though the work at Jerusalem had lots of problems, God had provided for them miraculously. And God had provided for the Jews miraculously in Susa as well. And these people made it a point to celebrate that. The application then for us is to do the same. For like the Jews, we have been slaves because of our sin. We deserved the execution that was coming to us. And yet Jesus came to us and saved us through his own suffering. His grace made a way to restore us to the promises of the covenant. All the covenant blessings of peace and grace and mercy and love, the Father restores them to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. And he means to preserve us until the complete fulfillment of that promise. He will be our portion, our deliverance, our protection in the process. And much like Israel's deliverance was in a place long before the schemes of their enemies were conceived, our salvation through the cross was in place long before the enemy imagined our demise through our sin. This wisdom should move us to remember, to rejoice, and to celebrate. It would have been a terrible mistake to have forgotten the glorious deliverance that these people had experienced. But as time went on, that would be the outcome if they did not take steps to remember it. That's why they had this festival. We must do the same. It would be a terrible mistake to live as if God had not miraculously delivered us by forgetting the cross. So we too must take steps to remember our salvation and what Christ has done for us on the cross. So Jesus, as we pause today, let us say thank you. Thank you for the cross that redeems us, that rescues us from the plots of the enemy. Thank you that you have restored the promises of the new covenant to us and that you have redeemed us from our own captivity, even amid all of it. You protected us from certain death by experiencing that death for us. Thank you, Lord. We remember your sacrifice. Help us to live uprightly, worthy of such a gift. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.